Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for joining in. We are still approaching episode number 300. I think today is 277, and uh, that just always makes me laugh that we've done so many shows and we've had the opportunity to talk to so many entrepreneurs. I have learned so much from the different conversations that we have had over the past now almost three years in just finding out what is it that makes entrepreneurs tick? How did people get into the world of creating their own path? And we've interviewed – or we, it's me – has interviewed uh, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders, and then people who also have full-time jobs but are very entrepreneurial in what they're doing. And for me, this has become – a huge part of my own entrepreneurial education. And I know for those of you who listen regularly, you share that, that you get to see a lot of different perspectives and points of views of what led people to become entrepreneurs. And there is no one single path. All of us have a lot of potential. And as I say, I have a, a, a presentation that I do called The Paradox of Potential. And just because someone has potential doesn't mean they're going to get results. And so when we interview people who are having real results, I like to know sort of those tricks that led them to what they're doing, but then also sort of some ideas that they have for other people. And by the way, if you're struggling with your own potential, you might want to join The Potential Project. That's the group coaching program that I founded. You can go to potentialmastermind.com and you're going to find out all the information that you need to join that group. We have a nice group of people who really are all trying to find their own ways to succeed and they will gladly welcome you with open arms. So if that interests you, check it out at potentialmastermind.com. So today's show, I am interviewing a business productivity coach. Now what she doesn't know is I probably shouldn't be interviewing her. I probably should be hiring her because I am not – you don't really put you know organization and productivity into the way you would describe the way I run my business. I throw a lot of spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Now, fortunately, for eight years as a professional speaker and professional master of ceremonies, a lot of stuff, stuff has stuck to the walls. So uh, I, I'm not necessarily as productive as I should be, but I am having the best year that I've had, so somehow it's working anyway. But I probably should find, find out more about Teresa McLoy and find out what she does because I probably am the ideal client. So Teresa is a business productivity coach, and she partners with her clients to stop being productive and to do what matters. You know, I think about that, and that's probably exactly what I need to do. I probably should stop throwing so much against the wall and just stop, stop, start doing. She's a recovering workaholic herself, and she admits to, you, to having been addicted to all the latest apps and software and best-selling books on productivity, and now she is just passionate about helping business leaders and entrepreneurs assess their own habits and to execute on individual productivity system for doing what really matters. Teresa is a founding trainer and coach with the 12-week year. You know, I'm spending 52 weeks on my year. 12 sounds a lot better. She, she's probably onto something. She is the, the founder of that 12-week year system, and she uses tools such as, oh boy, I, Teresa, how do you pronounce that? I, Enneagram? 
the Enneagram. Enneagram and Life Map, mm-hmm. serving her clients through one-on-one coaching, webinars, and training to discover their unique talents, values, and their mission for life. Hey, Teresa McCloy, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate the introduction, <laughs> and I love what you were honest about. Pretty transparent. Oh, absolutely. Now, when we were talking before I started the interview, you never really had one of these big corporate jobs. You didn't work for an insurance company or a bank. You've always been sort of entrepreneurial, but you've done several different things. Give us a little bit about your background and then tell us about your business and what you do today. Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, It's great to be here with your audience and just share from that space of kind of my journey uh, through life. And so I have. I've done a lot of entrepreneurial things. Uh, I always say I was the kid who sold the greeting cards door to door when they were about 10 years old. So I've always been interested in just um, kind of using that model. I can do it myself. I can make it work, which kind of led to that workaholic uh, tendency. But I've done everything. I have ran businesses out of my home. I've been in multi-level marketing uh, companies. I have uh, owned a retail space. I've done some not-for-profit work. And so I've been in lots of different places, but I always come back to my love of technology, my love of marketing, and uh, systems and processes in finding ways, uh, any space I worked in, I always wanted to find a better system and process to do it more effectively and efficiently. So what sort of led you to becoming an entrepreneur? I mean, a lot of people sort of start off in that typical corporate world. You never did. Was there something inside of you that really sort of led you that way? What was it? Well, I did grow up, uh, I grew up on a grain farm in southern uh, central Illinois, I guess you would call it. And I think I always saw uh, my father actually be able to work and kind of have, even though farming is a very hard occupation, and my husband is a farmer now, it gives you a lot of freedom to be able to work for yourself. And I always saw that uh, dad could do things sometimes uh, in off seasons or different times that, uh, you know, other parents weren't able to do. And so I think that may have been kind of the seed that was planted early on. You know, that's really interesting because my own daughters have said that about me is that, you know, yeah, I travel a lot as a professional speaker and as a master of ceremonies. I have to go to where the conferences are, where my clients are having their events, but that when I'm home, I'm actually home more than other parents. So when I'm here, I, like my, my youngest daughter is a high school student. She just finished her freshman year. And one of the highlights of my year for last year was every Friday that I was in town, which as it turned out, oddly was most Fridays, I drove her to school and we would go to Starbucks and we would hang out and you know we would just have a conversation. We'd talk about what was going on in school, my business, our family, work, life, politics – a religion, whatever. And, you know, I was able to do that every Friday and I never had to, I just never had a meeting because I didn't schedule one if I was home. And so I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yes, there is. I I had the same experience, you know, as a young girl uh, with my father in that, you know, he would, we, we bought a boat of all things for a farmer to own a boat. And he would come home in the middle of the afternoon and say, you know, pack up the coolers and get the hamburgers and let's go to the lake. And so I remember just those spontaneous moments back then. And I think that was just kind of the lifestyle that I was looking for, even from an early age, um, was just to be able to be in control of my own destiny. But have there ever been times where you've looked around at at sort of your friends who have more traditional jobs and get a paycheck every two weeks where you think, boy, that looks attractive? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And I've 
waffled back and forth. You know, I would do uh, early on, I'm kind of in what I call the second half of life now, but early on I would do the work style, you know, the nine to five job for four or five years. And then I would come back to an entrepreneurial space and then I would go back to the job. And I just always fought that uh, drive within me that was like, you know, you can do this. And as I've grown up, a little more wisdom and maturity, I hope, uh, I've settled a little more to be able to know that it takes a little longer haul sometimes in the entrepreneurial space than maybe I was willing to give early on. So you live in sort of a more rural area. You said your husband does farming and, and you grew up in a farming area, and yet you're coaching you know, entrepreneurs and executives. Could you have done this before the internet came in? Was this something that the job that you have living where you do probably wasn't an option 15 years ago? Uh, no, it would not have been. And so, you know, that is a great point. I think um, everything that I've done up to this point, and I'm re- a real believer in that, that nothing happens by accident. But every job that I've been in up to this point uh, has led me to have the skills and the ability to do what I'm doing now, including the love of technology. I went to college back when the computer was as big as you know, a factory floor, so to speak. (laughs) And uh, I did punch cards and floppy disks and actually have, believe it or not, a two-year degree in computer programming, which is what you needed uh, 35 years ago. And But that led me to my love of technology, and I've never lost that. So what advice do you have for somebody? They're listening to this, and and maybe I have a lot of listeners who are approaching maybe that, as you put it, you know, second half of, of their working life. You know, what advice do you have for somebody who's thinking, you know what, I want to create my own path in the world and technology and, and society has gotten to the point where any of us can do that. You don't have to live in the heart of a city to be able to follow your dreams. What advice do you have for someone who wants to, to create that proverbial, their own path? Well, that's a great question. And I think there are two things for me that have been key. Uh, I did start out thinking when I came into this season that I was going to be a coach. I actually started out being a virtual assistant and your audience may or may not be familiar with that, but that is actually somebody who works as an assistant, but they're virtual. They're not in the same location, um, you know, as their boss or the team that they're working with. But I found that I was coaching my clients, my virtual (laughs) clients more than I was assisting them. And so I moved into the coaching space and I hired a coach and I hate to say it, but that would be one of my, there's two things that I think are key. I think one is to sort that out with someone who is outside of uh, you know, your group of close friends, you know, to really work through that business process and that model with someone a coach. And the second thing is, I am a firm believer in networking in some way with a mastermind. And I know that you do those as well. <laughs> and I cannot beat the mastermind space. I love to lead them. I love to be in them. Um, I am in a mastermind with someone from Mexico and someone from Michigan. <laughs> and so how could we do that if we weren't in this wonderful space of technology? Well, and people who listen to the show know that I have a mastermind group of four other speakers who have become like my siblings over the last four years. They know as much about my business as probably my spouse does. We know all kinds of stuff about you know, the workings of each other's businesses, our sales, who our clients are, when things have gone well, what things we're trying to do. And I don't know that I could have grown my business without them. And you know, somebody told one of us that, well, you have to be careful because these mastermind groups have a lifespan and you guys have been together four years. And we all kind of looked at each other and we were like, we're, no one's 
going anywhere, are they? And we're like, nope. <laughs> so uh, we're in it for a little bit of the long haul. But then I also host a thing called the Potential Master. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for joining in. We are still approaching episode number 300. I think today is 277, and uh, that just always makes me laugh that we've done so many shows and we've had the opportunity to talk to so many entrepreneurs. I have learned so much from the different conversations that we have had over the past now almost three years in just finding out what is it that makes entrepreneurs tick? How did people get into the world of creating their own path? And we've interviewed – or we, it's me – has interviewed uh, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders, and then people who also have full-time jobs but are very entrepreneurial in what they're doing. And for me, this has become – a huge part of my own entrepreneurial education. And I know for those of you who listen regularly, you share that, that you get to see a lot of different perspectives and points of views of what led people to become entrepreneurs. And there is no one single path. All of us have a lot of potential. And as I say, I have a, a presentation that I do called The Paradox of Potential. And just because someone has potential doesn't mean they're going to get results. And so when we interview people who are having real results, I like to know sort of those tricks that led them to what they're doing, but then also sort of some ideas that they have for other people. And by the way, if you're struggling with your own potential, you might want to join The Potential Project. That's the group coaching program that I founded. You can go to potentialmastermind.com and you're going to find out all the information that you need to join that group. We have a nice group of people who really are all trying to find their own ways to succeed and they will gladly welcome you with open arms. So if that interests you, check it out at potentialmastermind.com. So today's show, I am interviewing a business productivity coach. Now what she doesn't know is I probably shouldn't be interviewing her. I probably should be hiring her because I am not – you don't really put you know organization and productivity into the way you would describe the way I run my business. I throw a lot of spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Now, fortunately, for eight years as a professional speaker and professional master of ceremonies, a lot of stuff, stuff has stuck to the walls. So uh, I, I'm not necessarily as productive as I should be, but I am having the best year that I've had, so somehow it's working anyway. But I probably should find, find out more about Teresa McLoy and find out what she does because I probably am the ideal client. So Teresa is a business productivity coach and she partners with her clients to stop being productive and to do what matters. You know, I think about that and that's probably exactly what I need to do. I probably should stop throwing so much against the wall and just stop, stop, start doing. She's a recovering workaholic herself and she admits to, you, to having been addicted to all the latest apps and software and best-selling books on productivity and now she is just passionate about helping business leaders and entrepreneurs assess their own habits and to execute on individual productivity system for doing what really matters. Teresa is a founding trainer and coach with the 12-week year. You know, I'm spending 52 weeks on my year. 12 sounds a lot better. She, she's probably onto something. She is the, the founder of that 12-week year system, and she uses tools such as, oh boy, I, Teresa, how do you pronounce that? I-Enagram? 
the Enneagram. Enneagram and Life Map, mm-hmm. serving her clients through one-on-one coaching, webinars, and training to discover their unique talents, values, and their mission for life. Hey, Teresa McCloy, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate the introduction. <laughs> and I love what you were honest about. Pretty transparent. Oh, ab- absolutely. Now, when we were talking before I started the interview, you never really had one of these big corporate jobs. You didn't work for an insurance company or a bank. You've always been sort of entrepreneurial, but you've done several different things. Give us a little bit about your background and then tell us about your business and what you do today. Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, It's great to be here with your audience and just share from that space of kind of my journey uh, through life. And so I have, I've done a lot of entrepreneurial things. Uh, I always say I was the kid who sold the greeting cards door to door when they were about 10 years old. So I've always been interested in just um, kind of using that model. I can do it myself. I can make it work, which kind of led to that workaholic, uh, tendency, but I've done everything. I have ran businesses out of my home. I've been in multi-level, uh, marketing, uh, companies. I have, uh, owned a retail space. I've done some not-for-profit work. And so I've been in lots of different places, but I always come back to my love of technology, my love of marketing, and uh, systems and processes and finding ways, uh, any space I worked in, I always wanted to find a better system and process to do it more effectively and efficiently. So what sort of led you to becoming an entrepreneur? I mean, a lot of people sort of start off in that typical corporate world. You never did. Was there something inside of you that really sort of led you that way? What was it? Well, I did grow up. Uh, I grew up on a grain farm in southern uh, central Illinois, I guess you would call it. And I think I always saw uh, my father actually be able to work and kind of have, even though farming is a very hard occupation, and my husband is a farmer now, it gives you a lot of freedom to be able to work for yourself. And I always saw that uh, dad could do things sometimes uh, in off seasons or different times that, uh, you know, other parents weren't able to do. And so I think that may have been kind of the seed that was planted early on. You know, that's really interesting because my own daughters have said that about me is that, you know, yeah, I travel a lot as a professional speaker and as a master of ceremonies. I have to go to where the conferences are, where my clients are having their events, but that when I'm home, I'm actually home more than other parents. So when I'm here, I, like my, my youngest daughter is a high school student. She just finished her freshman year. And one of the highlights of my year for last year was every Friday that I was in town, which as it turned out, oddly was most Fridays, I drove her to school and we would go to Starbucks and we would hang out and you know we would just have a conversation. We'd talk about what was going on in school, my business, our family, work, life, politics – a religion, whatever. And, you know, I was able to do that every Friday and I never had to, I just never had a meeting because I didn't schedule one if I was home. And so I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yes, there is. I, I had the same experience, you know, as a young girl uh, with my father in that, you know, he would, we, we bought a boat of all things for a farmer to own a boat. And he would come home in the middle of the afternoon and say, you know, pack up the coolers and get the hamburgers and let's go to the lake. And so I remember just those spontaneous moments back then. And I think that was just kind of the lifestyle that I was looking for, even from an early age, um, was just to be able to be in control of my own destiny. But have there ever been times where you've looked around at at sort of your friends who have more traditional jobs and get a paycheck every two weeks where you think, boy, that looks attractive? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And I've 
waffled back and forth. You know, I would do uh, early on, I'm kind of in what I call the second half of life now, but early on I would do the work style, you know, the nine to five job for four or five years. And then I would come back to an entrepreneurial space and then I would go back to the job. And I just always fought that uh, drive within me that was like, you know, you can do this. And as I've grown up a little more wisdom and maturity, I hope, uh, I've settled a little more to be able to know that it takes a little longer haul sometimes in the entrepreneurial space than maybe I was willing to give early on. So you live in sort of a more rural area. You said your husband does farming and, and you grew up in a farming area and yet you're coaching, you know, entrepreneurs and executives. Could you have done this before the internet came in? Was this something that the job that you have living where you do probably wasn't an option 15 years ago? Uh, no, it would not have been. And so, you know, that is a great point. I think um, everything that I've done up to this point, and I'm re- a real believer in that, that nothing happens by accident. But every job that I've been in up to this point uh, has led me to have the skills and the ability to do what I'm doing now, including the love of technology. I went to college back when the computer was as big as you know, a factory floor, so to speak. (laughs) And uh, I did punch cards and floppy disks and actually have, believe it or not, a two-year degree in computer programming, which is what you needed uh, 35 years ago. And But that led me to my love of technology, and I've never lost that. So what advice do you have for somebody? They're listening to this, and and maybe I have a lot of listeners who are approaching maybe that, as you put it, you know, second half of, of their working life. You know, what advice do you have for somebody who's thinking, you know what, I want to create my own path in the world and technology and and society has gotten to the point where any of us can do that. You don't have to live in the heart of a city to be able to follow your dreams. What advice do you have for someone who wants to, to create that proverbial their own path? Well, that's a great question. And I think there are two things for me that have been key. Uh, I didn't start out thinking when I came into this season that I was going to be a coach. I actually started out being a virtual assistant and your audience may or may not be familiar with that, but that is actually somebody who works as an assistant, but they're virtual. They're not in the same location, um, you know, as their boss or the team that they're working with. But I found that I was coaching my clients, my virtual (laughs) clients more than I was assisting them. And so I moved into the coaching space and I hired a coach and I hate to say it, but that would be one of my, there's two things that I think are key. I think one is to sort that out with someone who is outside of uh, you know, your group of close friends, you know, to really work through that business process and that model with someone a coach. And the second thing is I am a firm believer in networking in some way with a mastermind. And I know that you do those as well. (laughs) And I cannot beat the mastermind space. I love to lead them. I love to be in them. Um, I am in a mastermind with someone from Mexico and someone from Michigan. (laughs) And so how could we do that if we weren't in this wonderful space of technology? Well, and people who listen to the show know that I have a mastermind group of four other speakers who have become like my siblings over the last four years. They know as much about my business as probably my spouse does. We know all kinds of stuff about you know, the workings of each other's businesses, our sales, who our clients are, when things have gone well, what things we're trying to do. And I don't know that I could have grown my business without them. And you know, somebody told one of us that, well, you have to be careful because these mastermind groups have a lifespan and you guys have been together four years. And we all kind of looked at each other and we were like, we're, no one's 
going anywhere, are they? And we're like, nope. <laughs> so uh, we're in it for a little bit of the long haul. But then I also host a thing called the Potential Mastermind Project. And that is really just a group thing where people can log on every Monday. Not everybody comes every week, but we have a call. And I kind of ask everybody, sometimes we have a theme, but I always ask everybody, what's something good that you've done this week? And then what's your biggest challenge or what are you working on for the next, you know, until we meet again? And a couple of people have been in that group now over a year. They say, you know, they look so forward to it because otherwise they probably would never do it. Whereas they're like, oh God, I got to get on that call tomorrow. I better get this work done. And there is something about, uh, and I'm in several different kinds as well. Some of them are paid. Some of them are not. And I'm like you, you know, I have that group that we've been together for quite a while now, but without those people speaking into my life and sometimes really holding me, I always say capable, not accountable, but holding me at that place where, uh, they just encourage me in a way that's different than, uh, your friends and your family. And I actually love the separation of those people being in that space, uh, with me. And like you said, you really do get into one of their, another's lives and know each each other well. And so whether it's a coach that you're hiring, a mastermind that you're paying to be in, or even uh, I'm in a couple of paid membership type groups as well online that have been uh, pretty instrumental for me in growing my business and learning. I always want to be looking at somebody that's a couple steps ahead of me and finding those people that I can kind of follow in their path, but yet still blaze my own. Absolutely. Of course, I always remind people when they say that, you also have to remember that the people who are two steps behind you, you have to be in a group with them too, because sometimes, you know, we have to to be helping the other people or it won't work. If everybody's just looking up the ladder, and I know you know this, but if everybody's just looking up the ladder, then the whole system gums up because the other people aren't looking back to help you. So I always remind people that, you know, when you're looking to put a group together or to join a group, you know, sometimes being the smartest one in the room, that's that has to be your role this time. Absolutely. And that's why I love some of these types of groups that grow kind of organically through networking or, uh, you know, uh, Facebook's groups or whatever you're looking for, because you can sit on both sides of the fence. Yep. You know, sometimes there's people that know more than you. And then sometimes the reminder that we need uh, for our own affirmation on some days is that we actually know something that we can give to someone else. And, you know, that's that pay it forward type thing. But when we can be that person, we're like, wow, I actually know something. Well, I still attend my Toastmasters group that I joined gosh, 25 years ago. Uh, it's actually, I, this is a second club. I, I, I moved to another side of town, but I still go to the club that I belong to. And sometimes somebody says, as a professional speaker, why do you go to Toastmasters? And I don't go every week, I'll be honest, but I still go back because I remember when I first joined the club I was in, there was a woman who I admired. She was a good mentor to me. And then she sort of disappeared. And when I asked her why she stopped coming, she said, oh, I get nothing from those people. I'm so far beyond them. And I sort of threw up in my mouth a little bit and thought, yuck, that's, I never want to be <laughs> that person who's like, I'm so far above everybody else. Mm -hmm. and, and she was very valuable as a mentor to me previous to that. And I thought she doesn't want to help anybody who's behind her. So our, our relationship sort of petered out once I saw that, you know, where her motivation was. But I've always decided that, that you have to dance with the one who brung you. And maybe that's because I've lived in Texas for 26 years. And that's an old <laughs> Texas saying is you dance with the one who brung you, but you got to stick around and, and help those other people. And so I think that's great that you do that. Yeah. And that is, you know, and I say I do it on both sides. I have some paid masterminds as well. Uh, I call them WAN masters because they really are based around the 12 week year that I work with quite a bit, uh, you know, and have become a part of that program. And, you know, 
So a WAM master is just short for a weekly accountability meeting and then also a mastermind. So we're just coming together to share, like you said, how did our week go? What was it about? It's based around the 12 week year, but it's, it's the same thing. And so I love both sides of the fence with that. So I've got a couple more questions for you before I can let you go off and help somebody be more productive. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance so that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Teresa. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, you got to check out what Podfly Productions has. They have an offer for the listeners of this show. Just go to podfly.net slash cool things and find out what they're doing, and you will be pleased. They're one of the best vendors I've ever worked with. So, Teresa, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now? I think one of the neatest things I'm doing is uh, I'm really working with people more in one-on-one big strategy sessions, not uh, so much, you know, three to six month commitments. One of the things that I think I'm gifted at is to be able to see a bigger picture and help people put a plan together around those things that really matter to them. And so if we can work that out in an hour to an hour and a half session and then you go work on that for a couple of months, a 12-week year, whatever, then I, I, I just think that's sometimes more beneficial to people than uh, some people. It's hard to do a week after week after week call. So I've kind of adjusted that model just a little bit and done some bigger strategy sessions with people. And I love doing that. Awesome. So I love to ask people who come on this show a couple of questions because I think that entrepreneurs want to do more than just make money and grow a business. I think, first of all, entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to ask the people who come on the show, who out there do you see that you admire where you say, hmm, they're doing cool things? Well, there's actually someone that's actually in the podcasting space that I listen to on a regular basis and has really inspired me. Her name is Natalie Eggdahl. That's a hard name to say, and don't ask me to spell it. (laughs) But- I love what she's doing. I love how she has taken her corporate side of what she knows how to do and uh, breaking it down uh, for women entrepreneurs. And she just has some great ideas. She's very much about being with people, not getting so wrapped up in all that we can do in the technology space. And I could go off on that for a long time. I mean, it, that's what gets us feeling busy and not productive is we can just hang out in technology and feel like we've done a lot. And (laughs) Natalie really speaks to that well, I think, especially for women who might still be raising children and that type of thing. I'm out of that season, but many women aren't. And so I love what she's doing. And then I can't not mention Michael Hyatt because he's one of my hugest uh, productivity people that I have followed for years. And he has just really poured a lot of content into me as well. Awesome. So the other question is, what is it that you do to give back to the greater good? Because I think that that entrepreneurs want to leave their mark behind. So, So what do you do? 
You know, I loved that question. And I know you said that sometimes that's a difficult one, but I love that because it's really been on my mind in the past six months because I felt like I was kind of living out in this online technology space. And then I had really disconnected from my local community. And so I did some research and decided that I wanted to join our local chamber of commerce, not just because it would be a business opportunity. I looked at several things. I looked at Toastmaster. I looked at Rotary. You know, I looked at organizations where I could plug back in and kind of give back not only knowledge uh, and information, but really plug back into the community. So that's something that I'm doing just to try to, um, yeah, just give back what I've been given and put it into the local space. And, you know, chambers of commerce are often overlooked as such important, valuable tools. But, I mean, the communities that we live in without our local chambers of commerce, both raising money, raising funds, raising awareness, lobbying, doing all the things they do, without them, all of our communities would suffer. And what a lot of people don't know about me is I spent an early part of my career, almost four years, working at the Austin Chamber of Commerce uh, selling advertising. I actually worked for their publisher, but I sold advertising in several publications that they did. And that's sort of where I learned my craft. It's where I learned to network and to be involved. And I tell everybody that you should be supporting your local chamber of commerce because without that, all of our communities would wither. And especially as we go into this online world, we need to support local. So I admire the fact that you do that. Well, and that's the way I felt. And once I joined, I realized, uh, again, I'm in a rural space, so we're talking a county chamber of commerce. <laughs> but I realized, yeah, I know that's a chuckle, um, how many small businesses there were you know, uh, from insurance agents to doctor's offices to dental, you know, I still live in that space where we can come together and support one another, almost that huge mastermind type thing. Um, and I'm just impressed. I am loving it. I'm loving volunteering. I'm going tomorrow night to like some barbecue thing. You know how it is with the chamber. That's right. Yeah. Well, and go tell them all that they need to start listening to cool things entrepreneurs do. I absolutely will. Hey, so how do people stop being productive and start doing what matters? I mean, before I let you go, I got to pick your brain about your expertise. What <laughs> what what can people do to actually do what matters and get out of this this realm of wasting time? Well, and I picked up that phrase because, you know, we all want to talk about how busy we are. And, <laughs> I got I to uh, interrupt you. That's actually part of my keynote is that busy is a faux badge of honor. And watch how is. many times, watch how many times you run into an old friend and say, Teresa, how are you? And the first words out of her mouth are, oh, my God, I'm so busy. And then she recites her calendar to you. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's horrible. And then, of course, I always ask audiences, then what do you do? And they always sort of nod knowingly going, then I do the same thing. Oh, yeah. I'm so busy too. And busy and productivity are two different things yep. because productivity really comes down to what are you executing? And so we can spend hours searching the web in the name of research and we're really not. And we're not getting down to some people call it that deeper work. And then where I really like to help clients uh, kind of even focus down further is, are you doing the things that really matter to you? We all hit those wall seasons. And I did myself as well, where, you know, I look back over the last 10 years and go, wow, I've spent a lot of time doing a lot of stuff. But were they the things I really even wanted to do? Are they the values and the goals that I really wanted to be working on? I love to travel. So I have shifted my life 
to be about spaces where I can travel. And so it's finding the things that you really value and want to do. Then moving into, I'm going to do things that are productive around those things. Hmm. I don't know if I fully follow. Give me a little more. Well, it's a mind shift. So if I know that I love to travel, that I want to have that freedom, I made that mind shift that I want to be an entrepreneur. Because so for someone, if you know that something really matters to you at a deep value, you may make a total different choice in what your career is, um, you know, where you live, uh, some, some of those deeper things that sometimes we don't take time to kind of stop and pause and really look at, then we can refocus on, okay, if I want to travel, then I want, I know I want to set so much money aside. I know that I need to make a certain amount of money so that I can do certain types of vacations. It kind of refocuses everything I do and what I work on to be productive instead of just busy doing spinning things. So I guess we have to learn how to be true to ourselves. Absolutely. And it's a lot of a deeper work. And sometimes you know, it's hard work. I'm not going to say it's always easy to get down to that. I mean, the spaghetti on the wall thing is working really well for you. So I don't know that, uh, you know, it's something that you necessarily want to change, but I bet if we really got down to it, you know, what kind of spaghetti you want to throw against the wall. Yeah, I actually, I actually like thicker noodles than spaghetti anyway. So I should be, I should be throwing (laughs) some wide egg noodles against the wall. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Teresa, it's McCloy. Teresa McCloy, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you. Cool things entrepreneurs do. If somebody listened to the show and they've been searching for a business productivity coach and they're like, she's the one. How do they find you? How do they find out more information about the the 12 week year system, etc? Well, they can go to Teresa McCloy dot com and it's spelled T-E-R-E-S-A-M-C-C-L-O-Y. TeresaMcCloy.com. And if they put a forward slash cool things, I will have something for them there, a couple of free downloads and some different things they can look at. Ooh, free stuff. I think my audience likes free stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So it's cool things with the S on the end. Yep. Cool things. That's yes. that's the way that's the way we like it when people have a page. It's <laughs> slash ter, TeresaMcCloy.com slash cool things, and they're going to find some free stuff. They're going to find out all the ways to get a hold of you. So again, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom today. Thank you, Tom. It's been a joy. Awesome. And to those of you who tuned in to listen, I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. Tune in in a couple of days. We're going to have another interview with somebody just as cool as Teresa. But in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you. Go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.